Welcome to the HSP podcast. I'm Julie Bielent, an HSP psychotherapist specializing in high sensitivity. And today we're recording live inside the sensitive empowerment community, which is a private platform away from the chaos of social media. And we're really a family of sensitive people that we share our lives together. Uh, it's a really positive space and sensory friendly space, which I'm proud of. Um, that we have a space like that to, to gather all over the world. On uh, today's episode, I'm here with Willow McIntosh. He's the founder of Illuminance and creator of the High Sensory Method. Hello, Willow. Hey, Julie. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. So nice to have you. And this is going to be a fun episode where we're, <laughs> where we're really gathered some, some questions so you guys can get to know us a little better, which sounds fun. And um, those of you that are with us live, you can also, you know, add stuff to the chat also along the way. Willow, I just checked and this is really exciting. The HSP podcast is now in 177 countries. Wow. That's amazing. I'm so, so blown away that we're able to, to reach so far and that so many are enjoying it. That's wonderful. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's we're close to 500,000 listens. And I would love if everyone who enjoys the podcast can help us reach our goal of reaching a million HSPs by sharing episodes, by sharing the podcast. You can share the link to hsppodcast.com. And we really um, appreciate that because HSPs um, are finding the podcast really helpful and supportive. And we're in our like 180 something episodes now. So there's lots to uh, listen to and explore, which is great. Uh, and if you're interested in joining the Sensitive Empowerment Community to be able to join these live episodes, you can go to sensitivecommunity.com. So Willow, how have you been? <laughs> <laughs> very well, very, very well. Yes, and uh, I'm excited to, to dive into this, uh, to some of these questions. You, there's some wonderful questions that have been asked of us. And, yes. um, and I think, it, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's exciting for us and also really helpful, I think, to get a, a broader insight into what we do and, you know, how we manage things and, the various uh, kind of nuances of our character, I think. Yeah, that's very true. It's like, it's a, it's a, I really love the questions that came in and they inspired some great discussions in the community too. Jules asked this question and Jules, this is such a good question because it inspired a lot of conversation in the community. And I think that um, a, a lot of us felt really normalized and validated by sharing some of these things. Uh, so you asked, what are your special sensitivities and how do you cope with them? And I thought that was a, it was pretty fun uh, question. So it was just really fun to read what everybody was saying too in the community. So some of mine are that I always have to have water with me. <laughs> That's like... I, I have been like that for many years. Like, um, it's almost like a panic feeling if I don't have water with me. And, uh, I also, um, have trouble with competing noise during conversations. Like if somebody's trying to talk to me with the, and the TV's on in the background or, um, the fan, like a, a fan noise is on, or even if I'm trying to watch TV and the fan noise is on the, these kind of competing noises, I find hard um, bad audio, uh, you know, like if you're, you're listening to some kind of audio that just sounds really staticky or something. Um, and also, uh, garden equipment. Oh my goodness. I have to carry around noise canceling headphones just because of garden equipment. <laughs> I know a lot mm -hmm. of sensitive Willow. Do you feel that way about garden yeah, equipment? Yeah. Yeah, well, like leaf blowers. Mm -hmm. It's just why do we have to blow leaves around? Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> exactly. I do struggle a little with leaf blowers. <laughs> to say. Please, HSPs, invent a quiet leaf blower. This is why we need to empower HSPs so we can do these kinds of things. Because it is like literally, so if you live in the suburbs or the city, it's like every day. And um, oh, it's so 
challenging. I also can be really sensitive to like fabrics, like clothes. Like I can't really buy clothes online. I have to like walk through a store and feel all the materials. Um, it, it, it's just, it, it's even like the bedding that I have, the clothes that I wear, anything that just touches my skin, it has to be, it has to be soft and usually natural materials like cotton or bamboo. Um, so that's always a challenge because you can't just buy stuff just like that. You got to feel it first. <laughs> um, and uh, Willa, do you relate to any of those? And do you have some yourself? I, I really do. I re and I love how, how you use the phrase competing audio there. I haven't heard that that phrase. However, I I very much relate to that. I, um, if I'm watching a movie and 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 the, the kind of the audio effects of the movie are louder than the, than the dialogue, then I, I struggle to actually hear what's being said in the movie. And sometimes I have to have the movie, you know, that the, the the TV really loud. <laughs> I was watching something with someone and like, why is, why is it so loud? I, <laughs> I have difficulty, you know, differentiating between those. And it used to happen when I'm realizing now as well, you know, when I was younger um, and being in nightclubs or parties and, and I'd just be processing all this sound that was, whether it was the music or, you know, whatever was happening around me. And then someone's there in front of me really trying to get to, to get a point across. I just look at I'm just I I just have no idea what you're saying right now. I just like I could never have conversations in that in those sorts of environments. So yes, I really relate to that. And my my um my headphones, my AirPods that I have are an absolute godsend that I can cut noise out when I need to. Um I very much very much relate to that one. Um and the clothing too, yes, I can't wear anything that is scratchy or you know, irritating in any way. It's got to be super soft and super, super comfortable. Um, so yeah, I really, really, really share those. And, and also <laughs> anything, anything chemically, you know, um, yes. there used to be these amazing crisps when I was growing up, we had in the UK um, made by Walkers, I think it was, where they're, they're a monster munch and that they're kind of like in the shape of a, a monster, like an eye and, and teeth. And these things were so tasty, but they were just chock full of monosodium glutamate and goodness knows what else. And after eating a packet of that, I'd, I'd, I'd kind of lose my mind a little bit, like everything would be buzzing and I'd feel really weird. <laughs> the same if I eat too many Pringles. I don't know if anyone else has that. So, like uh, anything that's uh, super processed, I, I have to be, uh, yeah, <laughs> I have to be a little discerning with that. Yes, exactly. And just think about that, how much we were affected by those things as kids and we didn't even know. And so many people in the chat are agreeing with everything we're saying too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, we, I think we, you know, it's, um, yes, as children, you know, how much we'll be consuming and, and all, and, and just assuming that everyone else was having, having this effect, you know, or experiencing these things, but, um, yeah, I think it must have must have been. Uh, yeah, I, I think there's actually a question coming up about how our sensitivities have have grown since we were younger. Mm -hmm. um, I think probably as children, I, I I didn't have quite as much of an effect on me as it does now. Like these, um, I'm definitely much more sensitive now that I'm, you know, the age that I'm at now. Yeah, you think you're more sensitive? Do you, yeah, a lot of people are. A lot of HSPs are talking about that feeling more sensitive. And I wonder too, like how, I mean, I think that in some ways probably toxic buildup from just environmental sensitivities too, as well as the fact that we're more aware of it, you know, like noticing um, our, more aware of our, how our bodies are responding, um, that instead of just like having a headache or something, we might know that this is caused from something. Um, for example, we had like a, it was kind of a windstorm here and I forgot to close the windows and everything got really dusty. And I was like sick for like three days. <laughs> it's just like, oh, it was goodness. so challenging. I'm like, Oh my gosh, when it's windy, I have to remember to close the windows next time. It's just all the, all the little things that we, you know, just are a little bit more for us as sensitive people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. Yeah, definitely. And I know we're coming up, we're coming onto this as well, but my, the, the sort of the gifts that I have and the advantages that I have 
as a uh, as a highly sensitive person you know those have really developed and grown over the years like i'm um you know I'm, the, the my abilities that i have in my work that's all really developed as i've as i've as i've got older um but along with that have have come all the the other sensitivities but i find i i recover quite quickly if i you know look after myself and take a bit of time out i'm i'm amazed how quickly my system seems to clear things and um and find its way back again yeah and i think that's i think that's to do with being healthy right like eating properly and exercising and um i think yes. that, that really helps that's actually a really good point to make too is because how we are taking care of ourselves on a daily basis definitely affects how quickly we can recover um i think that's a big one it's like a when if i'm really depleted really exhausted then i'm going to see more challenges in my sensitivities um versus like i've been kind of taking good care of myself you know a lot of outdoor time time in nature um not having sensory overload um then i feel like i can handle more um and i see a lot of hsps feel that way too and in terms of like coping that second part of that question coping um I think that's part of it for me is that I am really careful about my balance now. And um, like, you know, and we talked about, I always have like uh, either headphones, air, like noise canceling headphones or earplugs or something like that around. So um, like there's somebody doing construction nearby and oh my gosh, the sounds of the construction just, it almost like hurts. Mm. Um, so I have to put the, you know, cancel that sound out. Um, and just, I think when I was younger, Willow, I wonder if you're like this too. And I bet a lot of HSPs can relate. I think when I was younger, there was more of a sense of, I mean, there was less awareness, but there was also the feeling of like, oh, I need to fit in. Nobody else is using, you know, earplugs. So I shouldn't use earplugs. I'm just using that as an example. But now that I understand that this is a real thing, sensory sensitivity is a real thing for us. Um, that it's, it's much easier to advocate for your needs and just do it and not feel uncomfortable about it, even if you're the only one doing it. Um, I find that has been really helpful too. It's just like advocating yeah. for what you need so that you're, you know, like I'll, I'll sit in a, in a corner of a restaurant rather than in the middle um, if it's like noisy in there. And I've even been known to ask them to turn down music when it's too loud. Yes, I, I think music in a restaurant it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's a bit like them deciding what wine you should be drinking. <laughs> why, why are you playing music? Anyway, yes, I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same. And, and interesting, I think as, as I've got older as well, I, 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 I tend to be less disrupted by what I think other people are thinking of me. I, I, don't, yes. I don't really seem, I, you know, I'm not too worried about that now. And I think, um, I think before when we're younger, and especially when we're not clear on our gifts and purpose as a high sensory person, then I think we tend to be blown around by people's judgments and opinions much more. I think once we're clear on, you know, the benefits that it that the trait really gives us personally, then I think all of the the challenges and the you know and the the, the, the kind of the the extra care we have to take kind of falls into it's not insignificance, but there's less significance around it. So that, okay, yes, I have these needs, but it's because I'm here to do important things. So, you know, it's, I just have to care to my needs. You're sitting in the corner of a restaurant, why not? Um, I, th I think I think that sort of becomes less important as we get older. Yes, that's the benefit of getting older, I think. And, and also just yeah. understanding, like even like um, looking at a window, like if I'm sitting in, a, in an area where the person... I'm in front of is like got a bright window or a bright light behind them. That's another thing that I would request to like move um, and change. Oh, I love seeing the comments coming in. Um, somebody's asking at the talking about the brain training, helping with overwhelm. Yes. Uh, and Fiona says, yes, for me, brain training was a life changer because it quiets your limbic system. Absolutely. They're referring to my brain training program course. Yep. Um, that's, that is definitely something that's really helpful. Um, and those are tools that I'm using all the time. Um, and I love to see, um, that there's stores now that are creating like sensory friendly hours. Yeah. 
Um, and that's something that we can all advocate more because, you know, 20 to 30 percent of the population has this trait and there's a lot of us. So they do things like lower the lights, turn off the radio, the music, um, and even do like um, static images on TVs. So it's not flashing, flashing. Like even in our community, we, we don't use memes and stuff that are flashing. Um, we're conscious of that kind of sensory overload. And I would say, you know, advocate, like we all need to advocate for that. Call your stores that you love and ask them to, to do that, to um, create these sensory friendly hours. That's a really good idea. I love that. Absolutely. Because there's, there's so many of us out there, you know, and we're loyal customers in many stores. It makes sense to have a, you know, like a happy hour, a happy sensory hour in supermarkets <laughs> for, for us, you know. <laughs> hey. um, yeah, yeah, I love that. Too overstimulating. Oh, Al's asking, is brain training our tools for uh, the HSP toolbox better? Um, or which one to do first? You know, the, the brain training program is really good for um, long-term training, like for anxiety, um, for emotional reactivity. It helps you grow new neural sprouts that you can have the experience of not going directly to fight flight activation. And the HSP toolbox course is like daily tools that you can use um, every day to help keep your nervous system calm. So they're both uh, recommended actually. And you can even do them at the same time if you like. Thanks yeah. for asking those questions. So Fiona asks, when did you both realize you had high sensory gifts and what were they or are they? Have more gifts opened up since you uh, first recognized you had the trait? You want to go for that one? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I, I think the, um, the greatest breakthrough for me was when I had the opportunity of coaching someone who wanted to understand their purpose at, at a deeper level. And I can remember having this big whiteboard up on my, um, um, in a room in my house at the time. And I was really nervous about this session and I hadn't done it before. And, and, and I really wanted to do a good job and I didn't really know I didn't really have a plan for it, but I just, I just knew that there was something in me where I really wanted to, um, to work with people in this way. And as this person started talking, all of this visual sensation began to uh, appear within me, almost like I was um, feeling what these elements were looking like. And I, I was starting to, to map out this person visually in terms of uh, what they were sharing what I could sense was perhaps story and not really supporting their truth and then and then I started to get this this journey of where they'd come in their life and, and where they were heading and I started writing it all out vigorously on the on the whiteboard and this this person didn't have their video switched on I was doing it remotely so I was I was able to kind of just write it out and I wrote this path of where they'd come where they were going and, and what really mattered to them and led to this this awareness for them and as this was happening I was I just I just couldn't believe what was happening was happening in the way that I was reading this person and and getting all of these insights and creating this picture and it, and, it, and, for, and for this 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 lady that I was um, coaching at the time it was, it was one of the greatest experiences she'd had in terms of getting clarity about who she was. And that experience for me was a, a huge breakthrough. And I realized that it was because of my sensitivities and because of you know, the way that I experienced the world around me and, and how I am able to, to read more deeply into the world around us, which of course we all are. Um, and that helped me to realize that my mind it couldn't have predicted that. And, you know, all of the worry that I had before about whether I was going to be able to coach this person all fell away into insignificance. It was actually allowing this, this ability that I had to engage and, and just work through me and do its thing. And that, that changed my life. That then I thought, wow, okay. I, I just loved that so deeply and, and, it, and it created such benefit for the person. And that's really what launched me into what I'm doing today. I love that. What a, it's so fun to have that like kind of discovery too. Like 
to, to realize that yeah. you have that gift, that it's not something that everybody has. I, um, yeah. I, ever since I was a child, I like, I really connected to animals a lot and I, I felt like I could communicate with them. And I had this like kind of status of almost like being an animal whisperer. Um, and it was like, I just had this knowing about what they needed. It's almost like this uh, nonverbal communication. It came through a lot too. When I was like working in my, um, in my early twenties, I worked training guide dogs for the blind and I could tell, like, I, I knew what the dog was going to do before it did it. And so it was very, wow. it was obviously incredibly helpful as a trainer then to, to know it was like, I knew before what was going to happen before they did it. And so they became really well-trained and, um, I still have that strong connection. And also with, with humans, there's always been this sense of knowing and I think when I was younger, I didn't necessarily know that it was something that not everybody felt. Um, I've always been someone that uh, people would open up to me even before I became a psychotherapist. Um, and I remember as a psychotherapist, like in the training process that I would see like the other interns around me um, really prepping for their, for their um, sessions. And they would prep and they'd have it all figured out exactly what they're going to say and do before the session even started. And I never did that because when I was in the session, it was always so clear to me. Uh, and what you said, Willow, about the story versus truth, it was like I would have this knowing even before the client would have the knowing. And it was almost like I could, I could sense exactly where we needed to go and um, I was like, I could go down there inside of them with them to the space that they needed to explore, discover, release. Um, and it became it's so profound during my sessions that, uh, you know, I would have clients say, like, I've been in therapy for years and having this one session with you has been life changing because it was just this knowing. And I almost received like what I think of as like downloads, like. I sometimes wonder, how do I even have this information? I don't even know where mm -hmm. it comes from exactly, <laughs> but it's just this really beautiful knowing. And like you were saying, Willow, when you are in touch with your gifts like that and you get to use them to help other people, it is the most beautiful experience. Like how, you know, my sensitivity is exactly what gives me these gifts. And I still, to this day, you know, find it so incredible that how I used to think the sensitivity was a negative thing about me. And now I'm realizing that it is the very gifts that I have come from that sensitivity. Wow. That was amazing to hear that. Yes. Goodness me. I think, you know, the, the way that you, you've described that is it, it's, it, it's such a great way to describe how, the ability to pro process more deeply works to the benefit in such an environment such as psychotherapy you know to to be able to hold space in the in the way that you describe to be able to know the right questions to ask and and to be able to follow the breadcrumbs of truth in the person and help them to you know help them to feel and, and for that to be revealed in a way that they can utilize i mean it's you you can't teach that it's yeah. something that is just an, an innate ability to be able to read, uh, to be able to read information in that way. And I, and I think it's it, to, to consider the trait in that way is, is so important for, for everyone listening to, to recognize that all of you have an ability in a particular area of life that works in that way, an area that fascinates you. And I just think it's so important for us to explore this because as you just said, Julie, you know, someone can be in therapy for years and years and not get that, you know, not get that experience of self. And I think it's, it's so important that we own this and, and, and bring these gifts forward as much as we can. Yes. And the world needs it. The world needs HSPs to be stepping into their gifts like this. And I think that they become more heightened I, I see if you if you agree with this, Willow, like I've noticed that my gifts, my creativity, um, my the abilities 
that I have are definitely heightened when I am taking care of myself, you know? So I think that it makes it easier to say no, to set those boundaries, to give yourself that downtime restoration. Um, when you know that you are going to be sharing your gifts with someone and it's going to have a profound effect on their life. So if I take hours before I have a session where I am like, I'm really, I really do spend, um, a lot of time in, um, in quiet modes too, where, uh, like I would never do a session with a client after I'm exhausted, for example, because mm -hmm. I want to be able to give my full gifts. So, and I think a lot of healers are like that. And, um, it's just, it's a part of, I guess where I'm getting at is kind of like, let that be something that guides us and supports us to advocate for our needs that might be different than those around us. Um, and start to change some of those mindsets. Like somebody, Jules was asking if I had, um, family mock my sensitivities or superpowers. I, I was definitely told I was too sensitive, uh, growing up. And I think that's what led me to the, you know, the feeling like I needed to hide my sensitivities and hide who I was and put a mask on and become who I, who I thought other people wanted me to be. And it wasn't until I got older and learned about the trait that I was really able to step into those superpowers proudly. You know, I think Willow, you probably relate to a lot of that. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. I, I think trusting, learning to trust our abilities is, is crucial. Before I had that experience of coaching in that way, whilst I used to do other types of facilitation in the businesses that I, that I worked in, but beforehand, I, I always had this kind of sense, like whenever I was having conversations with people, when I was younger, younger at parties, if the conversation ever got close to purpose, I instantly, yes, let's talk about this. I always really wanted to know what, you know, what, what, what mattered most to people. And I really wanted to encourage them. And, and the thing is, is, is back then, I never really honored that that was a thing, that, that there was some importance to that. I just assumed that everyone, if they really thought about it, cared about purpose and probably everyone notices the things that I do. And I wasn't really giving myself the opportunity to to honor what I was feeling and experiencing. And then of course when I had that session, it's like, wow, okay, hang on, there's something really important happening here. And and the more that I've practiced and obviously all the work that I've done now, it, it helps me to really trust that that ability in me is real. And I and I think that's where things start to change is beforehand we have suspicions that we're good at something and perhaps suspicions that our sensitivity means something. But I think it's until we take the plunge and actually allow ourselves to experience and see it in action then things start to really you know start to start to cement for us and become real and then we start to trust it mm, I love that I love what you said about honoring it I think that is such a beautiful word to honor it I think like as a yeah. as a child I was known to be sickly that's what my mom used to describe me as sickly because I got sick all the time um, and now I understand that I was having sensory overload that was um, activating fight flight and that was releasing stress hormones, which was reducing my immune, my immunity, which was making me catch literally everything that was going around. So um, it's something that when we are honoring our sensitive system, we're getting to know what, what really works for it so that we can, because if I'm if I'm not well, then I'm not able to share my gifts. And I think, oh, that kind of leads us into the question I want to read about that Stu asked. Um, as prominent leaders for the high sensory global community, how do you see our roles as light bringers in our new burgeoning world of positivity and growth? Particularly, what roles or manifestations do you have for the near and further future for HSPs? I love that question, Stu. Um, and that's part of, I have always had this belief that it was my, you know, it was like, and these roles, sometimes I think that we step into are because, you know, when I first started really researching this trait, it was very little, there was, nobody was talking about it. No, none of the therapists that I work with had heard of it. It just wasn't out there much. 
And it became my role to really educate and spread awareness. And now I'm really moving into a role where I feel like by helping sensitive people understand the trait, how to lower the challenges of living in a world not set up for sensitivity, how to honor uh, our needs as sensitive people, how to advocate, how to take care of ourselves in ways that we're balanced, brings our light to this, you know, it makes our light brighter. And I really believe that I, when, when HSPs are able to step into their light, amazing things happen. And I want more HSPs to step into leadership roles, roles where law, you know, places where laws are made um, into helpers, healers, teachers, guides of the world. Um, and I truly believe that it's sensitive people are the ones who are going to um, make the biggest difference and exactly what we need to um, shine brightly in the world. What do you think, Willow? Beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm in complete agreement with that, definitely. And, and that's, that's absolutely how I see my roles as well and my responsibilities to, to raise awareness around that. I, th I think that, uh, you know, in, a, in, in, a, in an aligned world, which I think we're moving towards, in other words, where we're, we're, we're coming closer to the, the symbiotic relationship between high sensory people and non-high sensory people, you know, how the, how the royal advisor works, why a king or a queen would have a, a, a high sensory person next to them because the high sensory person is observing and, and tuning into a much greater degree of information about the environment and is able to relay that information, which is exactly how things work in the animal world. Mm -hmm. re they really understand the importance of the trait, um, you know, to look for fresh areas to, for food or dangers in the, in the environment. They're, they're very good at utilizing the trait. And I think that's what we're moving towards. And that's how I, I see my role moving forward is to, is, to, is, to try to, is to try to increase awareness around the, the role of the trait, the importance of the trait, the fact that, that we are, we're seeing more deeply into the world. And, and that is the value of our perspective. And that perspective needs to be shared. Exactly as you're saying, Julie, you know, in creating laws, in leadership, in all areas of life, in, in governments, in schooling, in in the workplace for, for our for us to trust that our voice is important and, and the way that we're seeing things more deeply has huge benefit for all of us for for for, for humankind um, um as a whole yes um, you know and I, and I think just one other thing I just I just really want to share about this is we've kind of touched on this before but but as, as as HSPs we have a really interesting relationship with truth like you know part of the reason that you know small talk's really difficult for us and you know like we we want we want to get to the to the meaning of something we want to get to the depth of something and, and we're very good at feeling into what's real and that's why we make such good coaches and, and psychotherapists is because we can feel the truth in someone else and, and that and, and that extends into all of these other areas of life we we can feel what's real we can feel you know whether the the place that we're working at is on online with the purpose that they they say they're you know pursuing we, we can feel when a school is in you know there's something happening that's out of place uh, we're very good at feeling into you know the deeper fabric of a situation and and i think we really need to trust and recognize the importance of this oh yes absolutely and i mean i think that hsps are make actually the most important advisors and I think about even like teachers, like how important it is to have HSPs as teachers. And yet the way the system is set up, they're getting really burnt out. Um, and we need to really change systems to accommodate. Um, and it's interesting, there is some accommodations happening in the workplace around, you know, people um, on the spectrum of autism. But we need to push for this. I mean, this is all, you know, HSPs is under the umbrella of neurodiversity too. So we need to push for changes in the workplace, uh, in the medical fields, um, in, I mean, just so many areas of life where um, our needs are not getting met. So companies who are smart are starting to get some of this information. And, you know, even things like, asking an HSP employee how best they want to share their ideas, you know, 
there's just so many different things that we can do, not expecting us to be in open office plans, um, giving us, you know, thinking about sensory sensitivities and um, not expecting multiple meetings, normalizing, turning off videos during Zoom meetings. Just there's a lot of things that can be done um, that can improve. And, the, and then the HSP gifts emerge. So it's a really smart thing to do. <laughs> to, whatever you need to do to bring out the gifts of a sensitive person would be a smart thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it re really is. And also, you know, and also, um, just one one additional piece here, I think, is important is that the relationship we have with nature as as high sensitive people, I think, is is really important for us to understand the role that that plays. So, for instance, if organisations or even humankind gets too far out of alignment with the natural environment, then I think we are here to be the voice of making the planet aware of that. You know, if if we continue to, you know, to um, to cause uh, you know adverse effects to the environment, or we go out of control with AI or whatever it may be, or perhaps in a in a workplace, you know, there's too many strip lights and it's just too artificial in there, it's going to affect everybody. The, the HSPs are going to feel it much more. But I I think we have a responsibility as well to to recognize that our our deep relationship that we have with nature is a way for us to help keep the planet on track to remind us that we are a living breathing part of this ecosystem we're not just robots that have come here uh, and, and i think that can really help us to maintain that alignment with, with you know from an ecological point of view yes. as we move forwards so very and save the planet exactly yes yeah hsps will i i have no doubt will be um, the most important determining factor for, for that and many other things that need to improve. Um, and I think that it's so beautiful, Willow, we get to see that in our work, like when you get to watch someone step into that, into that, um, in, into honoring their gifts and everything that helps honor those gifts. I mean, it's the most beautiful, amazing thing to see what they're out there doing, isn't it? Mm. It really is. Uh, yeah, it's in, it just incredibly rewarding. Absolutely. Yeah. And beautiful. Yeah. Just incredible. Okay, so yeah. Aaron asks, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on your experience of starting new things as an HSP, like navigating big changes in career or moving somewhere or becoming a parent. What are some of the things that you do or have done to support yourself as an HSP through these times when there's so much new information to process and manage internally? Great question. I've been through several of those things. <laughs> um, I just moved actually, and I am a parent now and now empty nest, but uh, definitely navigating big changes. I think that, um, you know, I've been thinking a lot about the concept of expectations for sensitive people. And even for myself, like when I first moved here, Willow, <clears throat> it was so interesting. Like I've only been here, what, uh, two, three months. And after about like a month and a half, I started having these feelings of like, oh, I'm not doing enough. I haven't met enough new people. I haven't done this. I haven't done that. And then I was telling somebody just in a conversation about some of the things that I've done. And as I said it all in one like sentence, I was like, oh my gosh, I am having like really unrealistic expectations of myself. And I think that's common for us as sensitive people. Um, we do uh, expect a lot from ourselves, but I have learned that navigating big changes it, to, to understand that it's going to take a lot from you so that you have to, like, I had to, um, really reduce the expectations I had of myself and my productivity and, um, also extra, extra, extra self-care in the HSP way. Um, and, and knowing, like, even when I had this, uh, I just recently had dental uh, oral surgery that was really, really painful and difficult. And, um, I was able, I was really proud of myself this time because I felt like I was able to have this level of awareness that the pain that I was experiencing, the difficulty that I was experiencing in those moments that I was going to get through it, that it was going to be temporary, that I would have these waves of, uh, you know, that the waves of life, like 
uh, right after I got better, my son came to visit me and I just had like the, the most joy ever in those few days. And um, it was just this level of awareness to recognize that there are waves of life, that there are times that um, are going to be hard and there's going to be times of joy and to give yourself some grace through some of that in terms of um, really supporting yourself with compassion. That's a huge, huge self-compassion development was absolutely life-changing for me. Um, being able to support myself through those moments and to know, and just to do a little bit at a time to know that it cannot be perfect. That's something we all have to work on because HSPs are either perfectionists or recovering perfectionists. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> recognizing that it's not going to be perfect and give yourself compassion during those times that go wrong or that feel like too much and give yourself as much time in nature and alone time as possible through big transitions. I would say is some of the summary of that. What do you think, Willow? Mm, yeah, I love all that. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I, I think I, I think also when it comes to change is to remind ourselves that there is always going to be change we're always going to be the challenges are, are, are going to come and they're going to keep coming and not to say that you know we're having to face something every other week but but life is consistently changing and you know i think to remind ourselves that, that these things are going to come anyway and um, which I think kind of takes the pressure off a bit, you know, that it's not, it doesn't surprise us or shock us quite as much, but that we're just aware that, you know, that's how life operates. But then also, I think it's important to amass evidence in terms of looking back and think, well, actually, I've already been through a, a great deal of change already in my life. I've already, you know, we've come through adolescence, we've left home, you know, we've had partnerships, we've, we've, we've changed jobs before. Well, we've already if we look back, we can see that we've already known how to get through things. And we're, we're all still alive, those that are listening, you know, that we, we, we've we managed to achieve this before. And, and I think it's it's reminding ourselves that, as the phrase says, courage mustereth in the moment, that when the time comes, we will we will know what to do, we will know how to respond. And and I and I think in my experience, when I am, you know, um, coming towards towards a change, is that my mind will overprocess everything. So I'm looking at all the angles: what could go wrong? What am I not thinking about? What can I prepare for? And actually, I love the fact that I do that. That I have the ability to do that. And I've really, you know, trained my daughter to do that. When she's, you know, if if, if she's up against a difficulty with friends or something. You know, that there's something threatening happening or you know or one of her friends is not well or whatever it is like I've really helped her to understand that she can process and see so many potential outcomes and what the best course of action is you know get help whatever it may be and and and, and I think it's a really wonderful ability that we have to process in that way but that can also turn on us where we over process things and we over prepare and, and I think simplifying things right down. So as Erin, as you're asking here, like if we are making a big change, is it a career, is it a business move, whatever it may be, is yes to process things and, and prepare as much as we can, but then decide, okay, now I'm going to take action and now I'm going to, I'm going to take baby steps towards this, or I'm going to do whatever is required for me to actually make this decision now. And then just get really real, get really present and, and take each little bit at a time, trusting that we will know what to do when the moment comes. As we have done in the past, we've already proven to ourselves that we're capable of doing that. And I think that helps us to reduce the fear and the overprocessing and our imagination uh, that can cause a lot of suffering and, and to trust that we have the capacity to do what's required. Love that, Willow. That is so comforting and calming to remind ourselves of that. And absolutely, I think that as sensitive people, we sometimes don't realize how incredibly resilient we are. We get messages, other kinds of messages, you know, that sensitivity is often um, connected to like fragility or weakness. Um, and, you know, it's been part of my mission to change the, the way that we even define sensitivity in terms of just how incredibly beautiful and powerful it is. Um, 
but I absolutely love that. And, you know, reminding yourself of the evidence of what you've been through already and what you've overcome, what you've gotten through, that there's a resilience in that, that sensitive people, I mean, the world is not set up for our levels of sensitivity. So we've all had to create a lot of resilience um, and work at that to exist in a world that's not set up for sensitivity. I really like that, Willow. That's really beautiful. Um, and I want to give a chance to the who's with us live. We, you may have put questions in, but we may have missed it. So put some questions in the chat if you have them. And I like what Carol said. Uh, every Fortune 500 company in the world needs Julie and Willow to come and educate them. Can you imagine the ripple effect? <laughs> <laughs> Lots oh. of people are saying how that would be world changing. Ripple effect. That's a big one. Um, even doing this podcast has been a ripple effect for so many sensitive people. Um, and I think that that's something to understand that everything that you're doing in the world has a ripple effect. And that's one of the reasons why sensitive people are so important. So important. Yeah. And, and to trust our voice, you know, to trust that we'll never know quite the effect that our voice could have and the, the ripple effect. And I think, you know, finding ways to speak up and, and trusting that what we're seeing is valuable, I think, very important. Yes, absolutely. So, so true. Um, Carol asked, do you ever find yourself in awe of something that you are able to do through your highly unique gifts? He says, I, I feel that each of you in your own unique and special way is extremely rare in the world of HSPs and natural leaders for the HSP or high sensory movement. It's gone beyond grassroots to more global now, largely in part to the specific work that two of you do together and individually. I think, um, yeah, I, I think I get that sense of awe when I, when I, um, when I'm either working with a client or I hear from podcast listeners or, or members of the community or something about something I've said or done and how much it's had an impact on them. And it is, I think I still have a sense of awe about the gifts, um, especially since it wasn't something that I used to feel like I had gifts. So I think it makes me appreciate it even more. Um, uh, Carol, you had said your, your sensitive empowerment community has literally changed the world for so many of us HSPs. Do you often marvel at how far it's come and has it gone beyond your wildest dreams? You know, the community is such a beautiful place. It was like, when I was working with um, sensitive people, I s realized that it was like, I had this awareness that we needed to be together, that there was something really profound and beautiful happening when, when sensitive people got to spend time with other sensitive people. There was um, a knowing that we had, there's almost like a language that we have that's unique to uh, our sensitivity, um, to have kind hearted, sensitive people together, it really normalizes and validates the experience of sensitivity. And that's really profoundly life-changing. Um, one of the things I, I really love is like, sometimes um, members will leave the community and then when they're gone, they realize how much the community actually meant to them and, and, and their wellness and how they felt about themselves and they would come back. And I think that's a beautiful, that's a beautiful testament of the power of being together. What do you think, Will? You have anything to add to that? I, I just, I, I think, I think that you know, being in community for us is is essential. I, I think we we really need that. We really need the, you know, the the, the confirmation and, and affirmation that what we're feeling and thinking and experiencing is real. Other people experience it, and we're getting to understand, you know, the importance of of being unique in the world. Um, I, I think it's really hard to be to get that perspective when we're not in some kind of high sensory community. I think, I think it's, uh, it's yeah. hugely important. Yeah, we really are. I mean, we're neurodivergent. So we experience the world in a very different way than 70 to 80% of the population. So it's, if you are not spending time with sensitive people, you're generally in a feeling like you feel different, misunderstood. Um, you've just experienced the world differently and it, and it's harder to appreciate how you experience the world when you feel so different. So that there's, it's such a beautiful thing when you're like sharing something and another sensitive person is like, oh, I feel that way too. It's exactly how I experience it. And you just feel like, wow, you know, this sense of belonging and understanding. Uh, it's, a, it's a powerful thing. Um, yes. Jamie has a question. Hi, Julie and Willow, grateful to be here. 
How um, have you experienced a need for extensive recovery and rest while um, doing trauma healing and processing? How do you cope during these times? Absolutely. You know, that's why it's called work when you do therapy work or you're doing work on some of your healing. It is definitely takes up uh, energetics. Um, and I often think of it like, you know, if you started out with a hundred points of energy for the day, where are those energy points going? Um, and to get really clear about where you want them to go. Cause a lot of times we're just kind of throwing out our precious energy to whoever asks for it. And that might not be the best use of our energy that we do need to preserve it for times of, um, you know, our own healing work. Um, so I think having really strong, healthy boundaries are important about, um, you know, what it's going to take. Like if I am doing, like, I think about sometimes in the past when I did some of my, um, healing work, it can be exhausting. Um, even just having, you know, the process of going down internally and, and bringing up and out some of those, uh, some of those experiences from your past, it can, um, take a lot out of you emotionally, physically, spiritually, all of it. And, um, to recognize that that's part of the process that you will likely need more recovery time. Um, when you're going through something like that, more rest, more preparation, more energy preserving. Um, I think that's a big part of it. You have anything to add to that Willow? I think you've covered it. I mean, I, um, this work has been a, a, a huge part of my life. I mean, I had to go into, you know, um, very serious processing to, to kind of heal the, uh, the full self that I'd created or to learn to re-identify with, with who I actually am versus the person that I created to keep me safe when I was younger. Uh, and, and in doing that process, it was a, a continuous process of, of trauma healing and bringing parts of myself back into awareness that I had repressed and, and denied for so many years. And, and I think it affects everyone in different ways. And I'm not to say that, you know, to put anyone off in doing this work, because I think it's the, it's the greatest work that we can do if, if we need to do it. But I would experience, you know, um, it, would, it, would, it would take everything out of me after having a, you know, an in-depth session in this way. And I would need a couple of days to recover. You know, some days I wouldn't be able to do anything other than just feed myself and, and, and be in bed. It's it's got less as as you know time's gone on. Obviously, I've I've done a great deal of that work now. But in my experience, when we're doing the the, the really deep healing, it takes a huge amount of energy from us. And, and I think it's really important to allow ourselves to recuperate in that way. You know, it's a bit like if we break a bone or something, we can't just go swimming the next day. We we have to take time to rest and recuperate to allow our body to heal. And and I think there's there's so much that happens physiologically emotionally spiritually when we are um when we come through a process of healing and, and i think giving ourselves allowing our energy to go where it needs to go to process everything allow the new the new neurons to fire and the new sprouts to form and, it, and it, it's it's a it's a big change and, and i think giving ourselves time to recuperate is really important Yes. I love how you compared it to the physical, because like when we are wounded physically, we have an expectation and we have an acceptance that it's going to take time. And when it's something, maybe some wounding emotionally, um, we we're kind of maybe pressure ourselves to get past it faster. And I, I think that that pressure, um, slows down the recovery. And I also think that like, I know for myself, the more I've stepped into myself, authentic, you know, just really authentically, um, the more energy I have, because it actually takes a lot of energy to, to wear a mask in life, to cover up who we are, to filter what we're saying or doing. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy to, to do the filtering and getting to just show up in the world as yourself, where you, you express who you are internally on the outside and you just are authentic. It's, it's amazing how much energy you get back. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And how much less energy it takes to be yourself rather than being someone else. Exactly. Just yeah. be yourself. Exactly. Uh, oh my gosh. I want to go through so many more questions. Maybe we'll do one more. I know we're kind of doing longer episode, I think. So we'll do one more. Uh, Monica, 
Julian Willow, do you have any tips for coping in a workplace setting where sensitive people are not valued while you're making the move to get out? I like you. I like that you said, Monica, making the move to get out. Um, uh, Willow, do you want to start with that or you want me to? Um, I don't have a great deal of experience um, of that. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've been very entrepreneurial through life. I've had stages where I've been in, um, in workplaces like that. Um, but maybe, Julie, you could dive in and I might be able to add something. Yeah. Um, you know, HSPs are generally rated uh, higher by supervisors than non-HSPs, meaning, you know, we are known to be really good at what we do. Um, and uh, a company that, um, that are most of the time where you're working, they already uh, understand that what you're offering is valuable. So being able to understand your own value and advocate for those needs, you know, might be things like I work best when, you know, I work best when I have a private space that's quiet to work. Uh, I work best when I can work from home some or all of the hours. Um, so what you're doing is you are leading with your gifts. Um, and you're having the confidence in your own gifts to be able to advocate for those needs. And a lot of HSPs have talked to me about this and have started to do that, whether they're changing, you know, the lighting of their office or the location of where they have their desk or getting to do more time at home or changing commute hours or maybe um, reducing the amount of time they have in meetings, um, changing you know, turning off the video during meetings, um, asking to be able to share their ideas in a different way. Um, these are all part of our advocacy. And the more we advocate for our needs, the more um, it's gonna be easier for other sensitive people to do that. And to really, it starts with recognizing your own value and being able to express it, that I will bring out my, my best gifts when these are the needs that are met. I think that's a great place to start. Um, and of course, if you are in a company that is not valuing you and will absolutely not budge to meet your needs, then that is definitely not the right company for you. Um, so I think, I think that pretty much covers it. <laughs> oh, wow. So many yeah. great uh, things to share. I feel like we could just go on and on about all of this and lots of stuff in the chat. I'm going to put all this chat in the, uh, when I post this in the community. I want to read through all your chat then too and answer questions there. Willow, oh my gosh, such beautiful stuff. You have anything else you want to share? And um, also how people can find you if they want to connect more to you and your work. There's one last thing actually I'd like to add, which just just um, just came through for me is um, one of the one of the greatest um, breakthroughs I had I've had in my journey of managing the trade is becoming aware of how much stress I was constantly holding in my body. I think because we are told we're too sensitive when we're younger and, you know, we're trying to fit in, we're trying to be like everyone else, we're trying not to, you know, make ourselves be seen too much. We want to kind of just hide a little bit sometimes so we're not confronted or whatever it may be. My invitation is, is to notice how your body's feeling on, on a day-to-day -day basis. I think that we are, we tend to hold a great deal of stress when it's not really necessary. Like for instance, you know, just even really simple things like being in the supermarket and just thinking, you know, should I buy the lavender washing powder or should it be the summer flowers? You know, and I'm, I'm really getting wound up about very simple things that don't, we don't need to be stressed about and learning to kind of dial down the importance of things that actually don't really have the level of importance that we are putting upon it and, and 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 that has trained me now to notice like when i'm everything's tense and when i'm holding all the stress in my body and i just ask myself what is actually happening right now is, is this really required and 90 percent of the time no i don't need to be as stressed as i am and mm -hmm. i think by allowing ourselves to calm down and just trusting that now we don't we, maybe when we were younger we need to be we needed to be in that kind of hyper vigilant state but I think it affects our health a great deal if we are holding ourselves in this in this level of stress when ninety percent of the time it's just not necessary. Yeah, you're you're really naming something important is that you are having a mindful 
uh, awareness of what your body is holding. And I think that mindfulness is one of the most powerful practices we can do. I, I was just talking about this with somebody the other day about how much I've increased my mindfulness training uh, and that that's really helped just being able to observe your body more, slow down, not have so many external focuses, but more uh, like the vigilance of external focus that we might've had when we were younger, being able to be in a safe space in your home, creating your sanctuary in your home and spending time with that. And in nature, a sense of mindfulness where you're just bringing it to the present moment. Even if you just do it for a few minutes, several times a day, it is incredible what your body tells you, right? Like my body will tell me if I'm carrying stress or I've said, if I've said uh, yes, when I wanted to say no, and I didn't set a boundary and I wasn't even aware of it cognitively yet, my body will tell me something's not right. Pay attention. <laughs> and if you pay attention during the whispers, it's much easier to recover than if you're waiting until your body is screaming at you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Yeah. We can really take steps to, you know, mitigate that earlier before things get out of control or we make ourselves unwell. Just to, just to check in, you know, where am I in my body right now? I think it's um it's a it's a it's a very important gift we can give ourselves. Yes. And do the four to seven breathing in for four, hold for two, exhale for seven, about five cycles. Keep on doing that when you are, um, when you're noticing the stress and you're going to re it's like a, it's a brain training skill where you're reminding your brain. I'm not in danger right now. I don't need you to send out the stress hormones and signals and alarm bells. Um, and it's a great practice to use, you know, like when I did my dental work, that was something I did <laughs> ah. for example. Wonderful. Very That's just so fun. I want to do more episodes like this. I really loved it. Um, so yeah, Willow, anything else and, and to share a bit about how people can find you and what they'll find? Yes, certainly. Yeah. So, um, so most welcome to check out more about what I do at inluminance.com. That is um, the letters at the front are I-N as in Indigo November, being in luminance.com or highsensoryintelligence.com. Both will go to the same website. And there we're very much specialized in supporting high sensory people to come into awareness of their gifts and their purpose and how they can become of service in the world. Whether you're aspiring to become a coach or a facilitator, a leader in some way, or even just to get clarity around who you are and what you're here to do. We have a, a process called the high sensory method, which uses a, a series of foundations that have emerged over thousands of hours that we have worked and facilitated high sensory people over the years and there's a very clear path to be able to understand who you are how your gift works and how you can bring it into service and you're most welcome to, to just book a call i am here to talk to you about that there's no obligation there's no cost to book a call with me you can just go to the website click book a call um, choose a time on the calendar. You don't have to be on form. You don't have to have anything prepared. It's not a test in any way. It's just a very caring conversation to 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 help you understand who you are and, and how I can bring some clarity about um, what matters most to you. So that is open to anyone who would like to do that. And um, um, And most of all, keep looking after yourselves out there keep safe and remember to enjoy yourself as well i think we take ourselves very seriously a lot, a lot of the time as high sensory people which is a wonderful thing we are here for important things but it is important i think to remember to play and to relax and to enjoy as well. oh, i love that you added that that's so awesome you know willow my son and i went bodyboarding for the first time and it was wow. so much fun. Like I had so much fun. I was like a kid just giggling and laughing and joy. Yes. I love that you added that. <laughs> That's beautiful. And we've oh, had a lot that. of, we've had a lot of um, community members take your program or talk to you. and just have such huge, um, wonderful things to say about it. So definitely check that out. And we'll put all the um, links in the show notes as well. 
And then um, you can check out all, everything that we've talked about from the brain training course that I, we talked about, all the different courses that I have. We've got the HSP blog, HSP podcast, the community. Um, you can find all of that at sensitiveconnection.com. And we love hearing from you. Please share podcast episodes. Come on to hsppodcast.com to share um, how episodes landed with you. We love hearing from you. It inspires us to do more episodes. And um, we would love to reach our goal of reaching a million HSPs. So please share episodes, share the podcast. And we're going to reach more and more HSPs around the world to help them understand themselves, help them love who they are and step into those gifts that we need. So I want to say a big thank you to our community members for joining us live. Really appreciate and love having this time with you. And Willow, so lovely to spend time with you and get to get to chat, get to know you a little bit more. Um, and I really appreciate you being here. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's it's always a, a pleasure. And, and thank you everyone for joining us live here today. It's wonderful to have you here with us on these sessions. Mm, yes, yeah. sending out so much love to all the highly sensitive people listening. We really love who you are and uh, hope you're taking good care of your beautiful, sensitive selves. Until next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.